31, please. Proverbs chapter 31. And I know it's uh, Mother's Day, and I'm going to attempt to uh, honor mothers a little bit here this morning. Uh, I'm going to preach to you on this title, The Attributes of a Godly Woman. And uh, I'm not, I didn't say just a godly mother because there's some uh, women that are not mothers, but uh, these attributes will still apply to being a godly woman. Um, before we get started here, I think all the uh, the mothers, if, if you are a mom, would you simply stand, please? All the moms, would you stand uh, quickly here? Nelson, sit down. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to say thank you for... Um, Thank you for what you do. I know it's uh, I babysat the other day, and um, I was a train wreck. Uh, uh, and it, it was it was horrible. Kids, I mean, they're 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 unbelievable. And uh, moms, you do an awful lot. Um, they say that there's there's nothing uh, in this world. There's no problem that we have that could not be solved by godly mothers. And uh, you know, I know that there are times when your kids, you wonder if you're failing. You wonder if you're doing things right or not. Uh, but we're going to see here in a little while that uh, your kids can call, rise up and call you blessed one day. And uh, and they will. And so thank you for you. Let's give all of them a good hand, shall we? Good. And let's all stand together here for the reading of God's word now. Nelson, this is your turn. And uh, uh, good to see you here, Nelson. That encourages me a great deal. Uh, Proverbs 31. We're just going to read the first nine verses this morning, but then I want you to leave your Bibles open. We're going to come back to Proverbs 31 here um, uh, numerous times um, throughout the message. So Proverbs 31, let's read the first nine verses, and we're going to read those verses there responsively. I'll start with verse 1, you'll read verse 2, I'll read verse 3, you'll read verse 4, all the way through verse number 9. Proverbs 31 and verse 1. So the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Together, what, my son, and what, the son of my womb, and what, the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert judgment and judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink, and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such that are appointed to destruction. Let's read verse 9 together. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. I want to just, uh, in passing, point out one thing here. I've had some people take this verse before and say, uh, verse number 6, and say, uh, the Bible says here to give wine to those that have a heavy heart. So if you're depressed or have a heavy heart, it's okay to drink and to get drunk. And uh, that is not what he's saying there at all. Uh, it, this is what his mother was saying to him. He said, it is not for kings, O the mule, to drink. It is not for you to uh, to have this strong drink. It's not for you. It's not for princes. Uh, that's not for that's not for you. Uh, unless you forget the law and so on. Give drink to them that are ready to perish. Let, let them do it. Uh, those that have a heavy heart, if they want, let them drink. But it's not for you to do. And that's the way she was saying it. That was her context is it was not a provision of if you have a heavy heart, go for it. Uh, what, what they were saying is saying, hey, uh, it'd be like me coming to you and saying, listen, listen, uh, 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 Christian, it's not for us to, to have a filthy mouth and cuss. 
let, let, let the let the rest of the world do that. You know, let the uh, let the heathen do that. Let the let the other people do that. Let the people at work do that. I'm not saying it's okay for them to do it if they're at work. What I'm saying is that's not for us as God's people. And that's what she was saying. As kings and princes, this isn't for you. Let them do that. If they want to drink before they die, if they want to drink, they have, let, let them do that. But but King Lemuel, this is not for you. And that's what she was saying there. I uh, hope you'll listen this morning as I preach on this title, The Attributes of a Godly Mother. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, please, I ask this morning that you would use the uh, the truth this morning as we look into the Word of God and perhaps even more of a, a verse upon verse today, a little more of a, uh, a little more just of a Bible study perhaps, but I pray that it will be helpful uh, to many here. And so we commit this time to you and ask the Spirit of God to please do a, a tender work in our heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
again. Cherish that moment. Moment, it will, it will one day be gone. You know, I think of that. I always, say, I always encourage people to take a lot of pictures because our memory, we think the kids do something, and we think I'll always remember that, and you don't. And uh, boy, those are those are precious memories that you won't always have. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. I pray that you would bless this uh, this morning, that you would use it and help us here to. Uh, get something from your word that would be very precious to each person here, but especially the moms and the ladies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn me up just a tiny bit, uh, if you would, MJ, just a little bit on this lapel mic. There's nothing in this godless world that could not be fixed by a generation of godly mothers. Uh, nothing. Uh, we have a, a, a godless society quickly going more and more godless. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody told me, and I'm not even going to attempt to repeat it because I'll butcher it what they said, uh, and I'll have, it all, I'll have it all mixed up, but uh, we, we are headed in a, a, down a very slippery slope in this country. Um, many a preacher has said it was the prayers of a godly mother that put him in the ministry, or it was the prayers of a godly mother that kept them straight or straightened them out. There is a power in the passion of a mother. There's power in the passion of a mother. We have here in Proverbs 31, King Lemuel, he's, he is um, bragging, the whole chapter he's devoted to bragging about his mother. Uh, the first nine verses we read there uh, was just a, a, a sum of what she had taught him. Uh, maybe a couple things that stood out for him in the moment that for whatever reason God had him place those in the book. But those first nine verses were some things that she specifically taught him. And then the rest of the chapter, starting from verse 10 on, uh, are just observations that he made about his mother. Matter of fact, he ended up calling her a virtuous type of woman, a virtuous woman. Uh, the Bible says that uh, godly women, one day your children will rise up and call you blessed. Now, you say, well, I'm not a mother. Well, let me, uh, he, we're all a mother. Uh, all you ladies are a mother to somebody. Uh, they look up to you in that way. It might be a niece, it might be a nephew, it might be a bus kid, it might be somebody in the church, it might be a friend, but everybody has somebody who's looking at them like a type of motherly figure. And so, what are these attributes of a godly woman? Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, no man is poor who had a godly mother. No man is poor who had a godly mother. Robert Ingersoll was a notorious uh, uh, skeptic of the things of God and a, uh, uh, just a God-hating type of man. And one day, they went. Uh, a couple of college students went to a lecture of his, and, and uh, he did what he did so well. He got up and bashed Christianity and tried to discredit all their claims and, and just tore into them. As these students left, one student looked at the other one and he goes, Man, he said, he did a great job today. I mean, he totally knocked out all the props holding up Christianity today and just destroyed them, don't you think? And the other person said, no, I don't think so. He said, until Robert Ingersoll can explain my mother's life, then I'm afraid that I'll stand by my mother's God. Uh, because there's some things that you can't just knock away. And boy, what a, what a, what a, 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 a soft story there. Um, I have seen, uh, 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 I've never seen a godly woman hated by her kids. 
Now get that. I've never seen, I've never heard of, and that's it doesn't exist. I'm saying I've never seen it, and I've never heard of a godly woman being hated by her kids. I know of godly women that uh, their kids have broken their heart or kids maybe didn't follow their God, but when it came down to it, I've never seen a godly woman where her kids hated her. They would still respect her. They would still call her blessed. They would still honor her because she was a godly woman. I have, however, seen many a wicked mother hated by their kids. Referencing many a wicked mother hated by their children. Now, King Lemuel here, we're not sure who King Lemuel is exactly. This is the only place we find it in Scripture. But uh, Jewish legend identifies this king as Solomon. Uh, if that be true, Solomon, who wrote much of the rest of the Proverbs there, uh, most of them uh, wrote this one also, if that is who King Lemuel is. Uh, but legend identifies him as Solomon, taking the advice from his mother, Bathsheba. Supposedly, Bathsheba had taken her failures and taken her successes, collaborated them, and used them to rear the wisest man that ever lived. And this wise man, then uh, Solomon, if that be who it is, uh, rose up in chapter 31 and devoted an entire chapter out of the Proverbs to one person and the teachings of one person, and that was to his very own mother. Uh, what are some of these attributes uh, that a, a godly mother or uh, a godly mom would teach to her kids? I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 31, and we're going to look at these. Uh, number one, there, there's many more. I'm only going to hit 10 of them this morning, but there's many more in there. But number one, uh, uh, she taught him right values. She taught him right values. We read a moment ago the first nine verses. Uh, stay away from alcohol. Stay away from strange women. She taught him some good values, put up some basic guidelines and said, you be careful of these things because these things are going to hurt you. These things will destroy you. She said two things right there, a strange woman and alcohol, they will destroy you. She said, verse number, uh, verse number uh, three, give not your strength unto women, uh, 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 and, uh, nor thy ways into that which destroyeth kings. Uh, women will, women, a, a woman can destroy a man. And here it is, a, a godly mom knew the power of a woman. And understood the power of a woman and said, now, son, you be careful of a woman because a woman will either make you or break you. You better be careful giving yourself to the wrong woman. She went on and said, be careful of alcohol. Alcohol is destructive. You know, alcohol is an introductory drug. It'll introduce you to everything else. Most people, before they try any other drug, they start with alcohol. Uh, stay away from that stuff. And, and boy, she got in there and, and she laid into him. This alcohol will get a, a hold on you and it will destroy your life if you don't get a handle on it. You've got to get ready. She said, you be careful. You stay away from that stuff because it is bad. She taught him the right types of values. I don't understand some mothers, and I see them all the time, especially in, in, our, in our bus ministry. Uh, you, you see mothers that live this wicked, vicarious life through their children, and I don't understand it. I don't understand a, 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 a parents that give their kids alcohol and watch them get drunk and think it's funny. I don't understand parents that drink with their kids or parents that smoke dope with their kids or parents that, that they, 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 try to, they go to parties with their kids and they try to teach them how to drink and teach them to do wrong. I don't understand that. And that is why oftentimes they grow up with a wicked family or wicked parents and they grow up resenting them. But a godly mother is not so. And here we have Solomon rose up and called his mother blessed. He rose up and why? She taught him some good, solid core values. Listen, mom, learn your values and teach them. 
and teach them. I, I, I ran across this yesterday. I wasn't planning on saying it, but, it, uh, but I'm going to say it here if you give me just a second to, to find it. Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley, uh, she had, these were her rules for raising, raising children. She had six rules. Number one, subdue self. Uh, that, uh, 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 I'm sorry, subdue self-will in a child, thus work together with God to save his soul. I mean, these are, uh, she, reared, she reared two great boys, by the way, great preachers, not just two. She had, I, I think she had, uh, how, many, how many kids did she have? I, mean, I want to say 17, is that right? Does anybody know offhand? I, I can't remember. It was, it was many, many more children than I would ever dream to have. Um, uh, but she, uh, subdue self-will. Number two, teach him to pray. Number three, give him nothing he cries for and only give him what is good if he asks politely. Number four, prevent lying, lying, punish no fault which is freely confessed. Boy, that's pretty good. But never allow rebellion uh, to go unnoticed. Number five, command and reward good behavior. And number six, strictly observe, uh, observe all the promises that you make to your child. That was it. She had six core values. And she reared her kids on that. Hey, listen, mom and dad, get a group of rules and say, we don't have to detail every single rule and have a list of 100 things, but have, a, have some core values. Have some right values that you teach your kids. Hey, I'm going to teach my kid to work hard. I'll teach my kid to, re uh, to, to fear God. I'm going to teach my kids to, uh, 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 to obey when they're told. And that means obey mom and dad. That means obey the police. That means obey the school, obey the rules, obey society. You know, my dad... Uh, I, I never understood my dad exactly, you know, but uh, I, when I was younger, I'd, I'd pull up to a stop sign and you, you'd do the same thing. We'd pull up to a stop sign, slow down, look and go. And my dad would always say, that was a stop sign. Yeah, yeah, dad, I was, I, I was barely rolling, you know. Oh, we get in the car. We never grew up wearing seat belts. We didn't grow up with car seats. We grew up driving in the back of the pickup truck at 80 miles an hour down the road and uh, with the dog. And uh, uh, we never had seat I never got in the habit of wearing a seat belt. We get in the car, get in the startup, start to go. My dad said, uh, what about your seat belt? <laughs> Come on, dad, I never wore a seat belt. It's the law now. Never quite understood that as deeply until he said this. He said, what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching them it's okay to break the law? Say, why, why, why do you have to be so hateful? You know, you gotta, you gotta, why do you got to be a jerk about everything? So now I, I get in there and I, I can't go, hey guys, buckle up. I'm like, nah, 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 quick. you know, and uh, so I'll buckle up too, you know. Uh, uh, wait a minute, why? Teach them those values of obedience. Mom and dad, get some core values. I promise your kids won't like them right now, but one day they'll rise up and call you blessed. One day they will love it. She taught him right values. Number two, take your Bibles, look at verse number 11. Look at verse number 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Uh, number two, uh, what are some good values of a godly woman? She's a trustworthy woman. A trustworthy woman. Now get this. It's not that her husband trusted her. That wasn't what the verse was saying. It's not that her husband trusted her. It is that she was trustworthy. You see the difference? The, 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 the elevation of his mother was not her husband trusts her. No, the elevation was she'd earned that trust and she was a trustworthy individual. That means that her husband never caught her one time in a lie. 
Never caught her being somewhere she shouldn't have been. Never caught her misbehaving in some way she should not have been misbehaving. And because of that, because of her trustworthiness, her husband could safely trust in her. And, and that was a godly attribute of a godly woman. Uh, be a trustworthy type of woman. Are you the type of woman that your word is valuable? Or if you say it, it can be trusted. If you say it, it's as good as gold. No question about it. If you say it, it's a done deal. It's taken care of. Your word is solid. Are you that trustworthy? Are you trustworthy that, that you can be, uh, if somebody were to spy on you or catch you, are you always going to be caught doing the right thing? Even when nobody's looking, are you going to be caught doing the right thing? Uh, that is important. Uh, she's a trustworthy person. Number one, she taught right values. Number two, she was trustworthy. Number three, look at verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Uh, uh, she's like the merchant ships and bringeth her food from afar. She riseth uh, also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and portions to her maidens. Uh, she is a hard-working woman. Uh, 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 do you know hard work is a godly attribute? So we always think of uh, uh, godly attributes or Christians. We think of praying and reading your Bible and going soul winning and going to church. No, hard work is a godly attribute. Hard work is, uh, uh, God puts a much emphasis on work in the Bible, and he, and he puts a lot of, uh, 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 a lot of uh, uh, frowning upon uh, laziness. Uh, he worked hard. He says, it talks about, uh, very bad about the, the, the slothful and about the lazy and about those that can't even lift their fork to their mouth. They're so lazy. But he brags on the hard work. What's over thy hand? Find the dude. Do it with thy might. They had uh, in the Garden of Eden before sin ever entered the Garden of Eden. He had them working in the garden. Work is a good thing. And we have a lot of lazy people these days. Uh, this woman, uh, she was a hard-working woman. Uh, 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 she, uh, uh, she was hard-working. She wasn't a busybody. She was hard-working. Uh, today, we have uh, everything's handed to us. Uh, we, it is hard to find a mom that cooks meals anymore. It's hard to find a mom in a family that sits down and says, let's have dinner together. Let's eat together. And mom goes in the kitchen and cooks something. We go pull something out of the freezer and throw it in the microwave. Uh, we go have a frozen lasagna and stick it in the oven. We get corn dogs and put them in the, in the microwave. We go order a pizza. Uh, we get a uh, 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 Chinese takeout uh, and get it delivered. And we think that's, that's not having a meal together. What happened to the day when mom got up and cooked a meal? Cooked a meal uh, uh, for her family. She was a hard-working woman. You know, being a mom is hard work. It's hard work. Uh, like I said, I babysat the kids. Miss Clark went somewhere the other day for, uh, she had something going on with some people for a while. And I got stuck at home with, with, with six kids and, and a dog. And um, let me tell you something. I mean, they're all over the place. Everybody, somebody's always crying. They're picking on me. They're doing that. They're doing that. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I got to go to the bathroom. I went downstairs yesterday. I, I, how, how, how do kids clog every sink every day? In every toilet, every day. It is not, it cannot possibly be this difficult. It's just soap and water. That's all that goes down the sink is soap and water. Not balls, not matchbox cars, nothing else, just soap and water. I go down there, the bathtub's clogged and overflowing, the toilet's clogged and overflowing. And what in the world? And then I'm hungry, and then I'm thirsty. What's for lunch? Hey, can I have this? I mean, ah, oh, I got hurt. I mean, I was going nuts. By the time we got done, there was dishes everywhere in the kitchen. There was a load of laundry. The place was an absolute wreck. I have all the kids watching TV and I thought they're biting my nails, man. It was terrible. 
And then my wife came home and griped at me. I said, don't gripe at me. I watched the kids today. She said, you, what, you call this watching the kids? And uh, it's a train wreck in here. And it was. You know, then I come home every day to a clean house. And now I understand and I appreciate it. Because it takes a lot of work to make those meals and then to clean them up and to do the dishes and to clean the house and train the kids and wash the laundry and fold the laundry, put the laundry away and uh, uh, taking care of their sicknesses. Hey, when a kid's thrown up in the middle of the night, you know what I do? Amen. <laughs> They're sick. They're sick again. The other day she, was, she went, on camp, went to camp with Melody. And, uh, and, uh, and so Addie and Ellie wanted to sleep in my room. So I, I have a, a chair in our room. So I put them on the chair and they sleep there. And, and I was in this deep sleep, you know. And I hear all this rust, rust, ruckus rustling around and come talking. I said, stop it, stop it. And, and Ellie goes, but uh, Addie has the blanket. I said, Addie, oh, Ellie, just come up here. You sleep up here. So she gets up there. And she gets over here and she, she lays down. And I drift back to sleep. A few seconds later, I hear, Daddy, I'm sick. I'm going to puke. I'm like, okay, well, you know, go, go to the bathroom, puke in the toilet, and I lay back over, you know. I mean, that's good enough. She's old enough to puke in the toilet on her own. All of a sudden, I hear splash, splash, splash. I should have told her, lift the toilet seat up first. <laughs> it's everywhere, and she's gone. You know, I'm home now. It's everywhere. I walk in there, and she's, she's standing there, puke all over her face, all over her hands, all over, all over the floor, the shower curtain, the bathtub, the toilet seat, the trash can, the wall. It's everywhere. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I'm in the middle of that. I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning her up. And, you know, and, and, and then I, I pile up. So I told my wife about it. She gets home. She goes, where are the clothes? I said, oh, they're in the bathroom. I said, you could at least put them in the wash. I don't think about that stuff. Why? Moms do that stuff. And I, I take my hat off to you moms because you're amazing. You can clean up puke without gagging. You know, you can do stuff like this. This is not a man's job. This is a, and, 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 and King Lemuel here, if it be Solomon, Solomon stands up and says, you know what? My mother was a hard-working woman. Let your kids see you, Mom, working hard. Lead by example. Don't be the type of mom that sits around and watches TV and plays on her phone. Uh, be the type of mom that gets up and you work hard and you labor to make that home work. He said, first of all, she taught him values. Number two, she was trustworthy. Number three, a hard worker. Number four, go down to verse 20. Verse 20. She stretched out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's a compassionate woman. Attributes of a godly woman, she's compassionate. Uh, not self-centered, but compassionate to those who are less fortunate than herself. You know, uh, the word compassion, uh, I, I learned this recently, and, I, and it was an amazing thing. The word compassion, the Hebrew root word, get this, is the same root word for the womb. Compassion, the root word, the Hebrew root word for compassion is the same root word when we get our word womb. Compassion. The love for an unborn baby. Does, that baby does nothing to, to deserve our love, to, to, uh, uh, to merit our love, but a mother naturally takes that baby in her womb and immediately falls in love with that baby, and that baby can do no wrong. That baby can do no wrong, and, 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 and that, that, that baby has a brand new, fresh beginning that comes. That's what compassion is. Compassion is looking past everybody's faults and saying, I just love you for who you are because you're you. 
That is love. And a, a, a godly mom has that compassion, yes, towards her kids, but not just towards her kids. She has that compassion towards everybody. Everybody, that compassion. Number five, look at verse 21. Number 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Uh, uh, she, she will sacrifice for her family. A godly mom will sacrifice for her family. A little boy sat in school, and, and uh, the teacher was trying to teach them fractions, and they said, okay, um, you have, uh, you have a, a pie, a piece of apple pie, and, um, and uh, uh, there's seven people in your family. You have uh, uh, your five brothers and sisters and your mom and dad. There's seven people in your family, and you have that pie, and, uh, and you, uh, you, you cut it up, and you, have, uh, you, you take one piece of that pie. How much of the pie did you take? And the little boy said, one-sixth. And the teacher said, no, uh, you misunderstood. There's seven people in your family, the five kids and mom and dad, one pie. We cut it up, for, and, and, and you take a piece of pie. How much did you take? You have one, and there's seven people in your family. How many? He said, one-sixth. She said, you're not understanding. There's seven of you there. He said, oh, but you don't understand. Uh, you don't understand how my mom is. My mom would say she didn't want a piece of pie so we could have a bigger piece. And that's how moms are. Moms are sacrificial. Uh, it amazes me how many times we get down. My wife is always the last one to eat. She's always the, she always makes sure everybody else has food first and everybody else has what they want and what they need. And I've watched so many times a kid say, ooh, is there any more? And mom says, sure there is, and takes her plate over. And then she looks at me and says, want to take me out to eat? But, uh, uh, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But uh, listen, that's a, that's a sacrificial mom. Um, years ago, there was a mother, and she was going across the hills of South Wales, and, and she had a baby in her arms. She was carrying this baby, and there's a horrible blizzard came, and uh, just a terrible storm. And as she goes, she never did reach her destination. But when the storm subsided, and they went out looking for her. They found her buried in the snow, and she was dead. But she had her clothes off, her coat, everything off. She had wrapped that baby in her clothes, and then she had huddled over and held the baby like this and froze to death. When they unwrapped the baby, the baby was still alive. That baby was, was uh, David Lloyd George who became the prime minister of Great Britain years later. See, a, a, a godly mother, uh, she'll sacrifice anything for her family. And let your kids see that. Let your kids see you're number one in my life and I'll do anything for you. I'll sacrifice. Number six, what else? Go to verse 23. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Uh, she elevates her authority. A godly woman will elevate her authority. Uh, be careful about tearing down authority. Elevate them. Elevate authority. Elevate, elevate, ele elevate your husband. Elevate the school teachers. Elevate the police officers. Elevate the, um, the, uh, 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 the, the, the pastor. Elevate God in their life. Lift up that authority and let them see how important it is to follow authority. Um, uh, uh, authority, a mom understands that authority must stand together. They must stand together. Even if the authority is not always right, we stand with authority. Stand with authority. Uh, don't go to the school and chew out the school teacher because your kid got in trouble. Uh, if your kid got in trouble, chew out your kid. 
And let your let the let your uh, let the authority know. And that's what the King Lemuel said is, and especially growing up to become a king. Growing up to become a king, he understood authority. He said, One of the greatest things about my mom is that she elevated my dad. Everybody knew who my dad was. He, my dad was the king, and everybody else knew he was the king, and he was lifted up in the gates, and she took care of him. And boy, let that be said about uh, uh, let your kids grow up and see that mama took care of daddy. And mama took care, mom elevated uh, the authority that was in their lives. Uh, number seven, what else? Go to verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing. Strength and honor. She is a strong woman. Uh, it takes a strong woman to be a godly woman. Anybody can, anybody can be a pathetic mom. Anybody can be a pathetic woman. But to be a godly woman is a lot of work, and it takes a lot of strength. It takes a strong woman to not bend and say, this is the way it's going to be, and to stand by it and stand strong. That, that takes a lot. My, 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 I'm going to use my wife here as an illustration. Um, we refer to her very affectionately as Hitler. Um, and uh, and, and uh, she hates it when I call her that. Uh, uh, but there's even times when, you know, we'll, uh, but she's, uh, 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 man, she, uh, she's, she's, she's rough. And I mean, and sometimes I think you're just, you're just mean. You don't have to be so mean, you know? And she's, she's like this major detective. She'll walk in the house. I'm not kidding. Just walk in the house, walk in the kitchen, say, who took a cookie? And everybody's like, how in the world did she know? You know, it was me, you know, I'm like, I'm scared, you know? How did she know? And, and, and she, knows, she counts the cookies. She knows how many cookies there are. She knows how many fruit snacks there are. She'll go in there and say, well, I need a cookies because I saw crumbs on the table. Actually, when the, the cookie thing was actually slightly cocked when I left, it was perfectly straight. I mean, she knows this stuff. And I used to think, you're just so mean. But you know what I've learned? I've learned the kids respect that. And the kids like that now. They like that about her. They understand that she does care. And, and she, uh, she is strong. When she says something, the kids know we're going to do it. You know, if it's that way with cookies, imagine what is that way. The other day, my son Joseph, and uh, he's going to send me to my grave early. One of us is going to die real soon, either him or me. I'm not sure which one yet. And uh, he wears hoodies to school. He goes to school and puts his hood up, you know. And, uh, and so, we, okay, so my wife went to school with him. Went to school with him, sat in class with him, take your hoodie off. And uh, I mean, that's embarrassing in eighth grade. And, um, and, and uh, mommy's sitting in class with you. She did it several times. Just sit right there in school with him. I'll follow you in every class. Well, then uh, uh, have the, I said, that's it. That's it. No more hoodies. You won't leave your hood off? No hoodies at all. You can't wear a hoodie to school. You can't have your hoodie. Take your hoodies away. We get in the car, get ready to go to school. He comes out. He has his jacket on. No hoodie. Very good, very good. We get in the car, we start pulling the driveway. My wife says, Joseph, give me your bag. He said, uh, why? She said, because I want to take the hoodie out of it. <sighs> Gives him the bag, opens it up, pulls the hoodie out, puts it down, zips it back up, hands it to Joseph. He's like, hmm. And they said, Joseph, unzip your jacket. He said, why? Because I want you to take the hoodie off you have under your jacket. Why don't you take it off? He assumes it takes off, takes the hoodie off. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is amazing. This, this woman is amazing. How do you see this stuff? I just take it for face value. And uh, you're amazing, you know? It takes a strong woman to be a mom. Hey, listen, if you're a mom, you're a godly mom, it's a strong position. 
But your kids will one day. Thank you for it. It takes a strong woman to not quit. Many women these days, they quit halfway through. They quit halfway through and they throw in the towel. They give up on rearing kids. They give up on trying to get them to turn out right. They give up on godliness and they just, well, do whatever you want to do. I don't care anymore. Hey, listen, it takes a strong woman to stay strong. And that's what rears a King Solomon. A King Solomon is reared. How? He grew up and said, I, I, uh, uh, I had a mom and she was a strong mom. Strength was her clothing. What else? Number eight. The, number eight. Look at verse number 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She's kind. Uh, it's strength and beauty. It's the rose with thorns. It is, it is, uh, uh, the, the, it is taking the, the, the strength and adding a graciousness with it. And it makes it so pretty. And uh, she's a kind woman. Uh, there's nothing quite as distasteful as a hateful woman. And there's nothing quite as wonderful as a pleasant, kind woman. Uh, and, and, and King Solomon said, yeah, my mom was strong, but she was a kind person. And that means she's kind to those that she loves. She's kind to those she don't love. She's kind to strangers. You know, you can learn a lot about somebody's character on how they treat somebody they don't like. When you meet somebody in the store and they don't like you and you don't like them, and one of you says hello, that says a lot about who you are, while the other one goes, <laughs> that says a lot about who you are. Um, uh, 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 the, the, she was a kind woman. There's never a reason to be unkind. Now, you may totally disagree with all they are and everything they are. You may completely 100% disagree with it, but you can still say hello. You can still say, uh, how are you? Have a nice day. You can still be kind. Uh, and she was kind. Uh, number 27. Uh, I'm sorry, number 9. Look at verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Another attribute of a godly woman, she's diligent. She's not idle. She stays busy. Mother on a winter's day milked the cows and fed them hay, hitched the mule and drove the kids to school, did a wash and mopped the floors, washed the windows and did some chores, cooked a dish of home-dried fruit, pressed her husband's Sunday suit, swept the parlor, made the bed, baked a dozen loaves of bread, split some firewood and lugged it in, enough to fill the kitchen bin, cleaned the lamps and put in oil, stewed some apples before they spoiled, churned the butter, baked a cake, and exclaimed for goodness sake when the calves ran from the pen, and she chased them all back in again, gathered eggs and locked the steak. Back to the house to set the table, cooked the supper that was delicious, then washed and dried all the dishes, fed the cat, sprinkled the, uh, the clothes, and, and mended a basket full of hose, then opened the organ and began to play when you come to the end of a perfect day. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mom for you. Go, go, go. And a godly woman will go, 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 go. She's not idle. She works hard, and she is diligent. Number 10, verse number 30. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. What he was saying, he said, when you're looking for a virtuous woman, don't, don't, don't be looking on the outside. Don't look at the beauty. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman that fears the Lord. The, the last attribute of a godly woman, she fears the Lord. That means that she's always concerned about pleasing God. What does God think about this? Uh, what does, before, when she gets dressed in the morning, she looks at the mirror and says, what does God think? When she turns on the music, she asks herself, what does God think of this music? 
when she, uh, when she goes and hangs out with certain friends, she asks herself, what does God think of these friends? Everything she does, she looks up and says, Lord, what, what do you think? And that's a fear of the Lord. It's not just a godly outside, it's a godly inside. It's not just doing everything right on the outside. Read your Bible, go to church, and all the, the robotics. These are the things that we preach. We preach, bless God, you ought to do this and do that and do this and do that. And that's fine, we ought to preach those things. But I'll tell you, we could eliminate all that preaching if we would fix the heart. Fix the heart. If you had the right heart, we'd have to, we would never preach on the other stuff. And I think, including myself, us preachers, too often, we're always preaching on the outside. We ought to be preaching about the inside. And the godly wife here, the godly woman, she had a fear of the Lord on the inside. You never had to correct her. Uh, she just was. She she looked up and God corrected her, and the Lord was her God. Um, God, uh, it, 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 it ought to be the, the right motives, uh, the right forgiveness, no bitterness, no hatred, and having the right desires. Those are the things inside of her heart of the woman that feared the Lord. Now, what's the result? He said here, he, he, just the 10 that I mentioned, there were several more in there, but here's some things that he mentioned. Uh, he said, uh, uh, my mother taught me some things. I devoted an entire chapter to her. She taught me the right values. She was trustworthy. She was a hard worker. She was compassionate. She gave everything and sacrificed for her family. She elevated her authority. She was strong. She's kind. She's diligent. And she fears the Lord. What's the result? Look at verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praiseth her. Many daughters, verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. You know what he was saying? He was saying, my mom, there's, yeah, there's a lot of moms out there, but my mom was the best mom. There might have been others that did virtuously, but my mom excellest them all. She outdid all of them. That's where we, my mom's the best mom. No, my mom's the best mom, you know. No, he said, my mom's the best mom. Why? Because this type of woman she was, she was a godly woman with godly attributes. You know, I've, uh, I've never quite met a mom like Mrs. Clark. She has been, uh, she's unbelievable. She really, you should see her in action around those kids. She's, I, I've never seen somebody that can be so mean and be loved so much. Uh, uh, those kids absolutely adore her to death. Um, they, 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 Melody, Melody says she's black, and uh, you ask me, she's, 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 I'm half white, half black. She's, she's, Jacqueline always wants curly hair. She asked me the other day if I could take her to the doctor and if they could cut her hair off and implant curly hair. And uh, I mean, um, uh, she's, she is. I mean, they, they just love her to death, you know, and. You come back here and her children rise up and call her blessed. Melody was working on something the other day late one night. I did not know about it. I did not help her with it or anything. But she gave it to her mom for Mother's Day. And this is what it said. My mom is the sound of getting up in the morning. She's the smell of breakfast in the morning. She's the smell of just, just washed laundry. My mom is the sound of the piano playing in the afternoon. She's the sound of, hi, I missed you on Friday nights. She's the cleanest house when I get home from school. My mom is the sound of singing on Sunday mornings. She's the sound of, I love you when I go to bed. She's the hardest worker. My mom is loving, she is caring, and she is kind. From Melody, from Mom's Day. And I thought, you know, that was so, 
special because if you'll be a godly mom, your kids will rise up and call you blessed. So my question is, ladies, are we godly women? Because it's worth it all. There's somebody looking up to you, and they, I promise you one day, they'll come back. I've never seen a godly woman hated by her kids. They love her. Let's bow our heads this morning, please.